Welcome to the Rumple and the Frog Show for Stitchers. I'm Rumple. And I'm the Frog, providing you with an enchanting escape of stitches and stories. We're so glad you've joined us for fairy tales, fiber tales, and conversations about our most favorite thing. Yarn! <laughs> and we're wondering if that was in sync on Zoom. We'll find out. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right, so in today's episode, we'll be discussing knights in shining armor. So this is our <laughs> so this is our episode night school. Um, but before we do, we have a couple little comments about how it's going these days, recording and our children back in school and things like that. So, yeah. Rumple, you want to talk about our recording setup? Yeah. So we are now recording via Zoom. We're in the Zoomiverse. Is that, right. is that what people say now? That's what I say. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> so we are both recording from our own home bases. With school starting, it just seemed like the most sensible and safest option. And yeah, what else would you like to add before we talk any more about? Um, that we look like Britney Spears in these headsets <laughs> that we got, which are really rad and it's yeah. making my day. <laughs> I'm excited about these. I feel like I I now need to go watch the music video that yeah. you keep singing the song about. <laughs> yeah, we're, there'll be a YouTube moment later. Don't you worry. Once we're done recording this, we can do that. <laughs> okay. Oh, my. Okay, and then the other thing that I wanted to mention, and I know Rumple agrees, is I just sort of, with our theme of it being so late at night, we're recording late at night. Children yeah. are off to bed long um school day for me anyway because yeah. i had school today just ended i'm in a brave new world where in addition to teaching during the day there are students who can't access our curriculum then for all kinds of reasons in this unusual world we find ourselves in so i'm also teaching at night online and so night school I, we didn't even plan it this way <laughs> but it came it, it came at a special time <laughs> so it's late at night uh school days are are changing and feeling different for us and bleeding mm -hmm. into the nighttime. But I just wanted to dedicate this episode to um, all those teachers who are doing educator yoga to figure <laughs> out what the heck is going on yeah. with physical distancing and quality instruction and trying to build community with kids you can't be in the room with. And yeah. we're trying to learn and build community with adults they're not in the room with. And it's just a whole lot, but I'm, really so proud of this the districts the mm -hmm. what's happening in my daughter's district i feel really good about it um and my colleagues in the school that i'm in i just i'm amazed every day of like how much people are figuring out so yeah yeah and i oh tough. sorry that's no, okay yeah. go ahead well and i wholeheartedly second that and i have always held <laughs> A very sincere appreciation for teachers. Um, I was I worked in a public school for one year, and realized that was not the place for me to be. Mm -hmm. uh, teachers do so much for our children and our community and our families. And this, if uh, if this isn't a wake up call for all parents who didn't already know this or realize this or appreciate this, I hope <laughs> they're standing with us and great appreciation of what all of you do because really you're amazing people <laughs> yeah, yeah it's amazing it's amazing how how linked the schools are at the center of so many decisions that are being made these days yeah 
But anyway, teachers rock, students rock. Um, we got this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and Britney Spears. I know they couldn't see what I was doing. <laughs> I know, I know. And Britney Spears Rock never really quite rocked, but she did yeah. have the headset. Yeah. So. And we look amazing with headsets, by the way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All righty. So, okay, let's talk about our works in progress. It looks like yeah. you've got two, so why don't you go first? Yeah. Okay. So let me start with The Weekender. Uh, I'm just pulling it out of my bag. Hang on. It's not done yet, by the way. Okay. Even though it might appear that way until you see. Hang on. Ugh. All right. I have to back up. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, nice. You can't really see the whole thing. I have one sleeve that is now complete. The mm-hmm. other one is yeah. on the needles. So other than just an update that it's further along. I don't really have much more to say about the sweater itself right now. Um, Sorry, I'm just readjusting myself. Um, I mean, I'm really loving working with the yarn still. This is the Noro Tayo. I will have to check what colorway this is. Mm -hmm. My memory is telling me 88 or 81. Let's find out in the show notes if I was anywhere near right. Um, And this is yarn that I purchased from Knit and Pearls. And I really love working with it. It's a singles yarn. And we've talked about this, I think, in a previous episode. And I know it's really hard to see on the camera. But it's like an earthier rainbow. Mm -hmm. Like more. It's a little, it's muted. It's kind of like smokier. Yeah, yeah. There's some really bright punches of color, but they're they're really grounded by a lot of the other darker or earthier tones. Yeah, um, it looks awesome. And the reverse stockinette, we like that yeah. side, right? Yes. Now, interestingly, I don't really know if you can that. see on the camera, um, the sleeves are in regular stockinette. Uh-huh. Yep. So... That is cool. I'm really enjoying this because the stripes are much wider. That's true. Yeah, look at that. I really like how that's playing with the thinner stripes. Yeah. Spread out over the body. Yeah, because the circumference of your sleeve is smaller, right? So you're going to get a wider stripe. My arm is not as wide as my (laughs) body. (laughs) Sorry, I had to do that. Of course you did. It looks great. You've made a lot of progress. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, I'm excited about it. I expect to be done very soon and then I will wash it and I probably won't be doing much blocking I'll probably just lay it flat to dry I don't really think I'll need to do any yeah uh wrestling with it or anything um I don't expect to anyway uh yeah so that's my little bit of progress what have you got I have well I'm having fun because I'm doing a non-garment for once which is yes not always a thing <laughs> I do so I have I'm gonna pull up and let me slide this over so that I can see how well I'm getting into the camera here Speaking yeah this for me by the way getting our things we're making in the camera that's, yeah that's interesting I just realized I didn't think anything of it until just I did that <laughs> well definitely if you give it time to focus I really could see it well so that's okay cool. good all right so here's this Ooh, oh my gosh that is gorgeous 
I'm so excited about it. You're working in rainbows too. I know. <laughs> I really, lately I have a lot of sort of jewel toned multicolor things going on. I love on. it. They're so what is the, what is this Our yarn? Rat. So this is called Cairns. It is a Queensland collection yarn. It's a colorful cotton blend. Oh. And it's about, it's about a worsted weight. Maybe even a smidge heavier. It says 190 yards for 100 grams. It's a cotton acrylic blend and it has this long color changing and I'm going to try to hold this up for you. Let's see. Mm, just looks bright. Yeah, huh? I can't. Yeah. Is there a darker strand? Is that yes. like a light color? Yep. Okay. So it has a, let me try turning down this light and see. I yeah, it's still a little bit too bright. Yeah, too bright. But I could see the knit fabric though. Yeah, it has a chain construction and like a, it's, I wish you were here. You would help me to identify exactly what this is. But so basically there are three plies, one, two in one color, one in the other. I'm guessing mm. that the one in the middle is the cotton and the two on the edges are the acrylic. Oh, interesting. It's, and it's almost like, it almost feels like a tape. Yeah. Um, and it almost has a squared off feeling to it. Oh, cool. Um, I can't wait to get my hands on this. <laughs> yes, I will. I have some extra little bits and bobs that I'll get your way so that you can feel it. It's really crisp and crunchy. Yeah. And it's incredibly heavy. It's definitely making my hands tired to yeah. get with it. Um, but this bag has the most amazing sturdiness. Yeah. And it um, looks beautiful. I'm having so much fun. It's just a um, slip stitch brick pattern, which yeah. you know I love my slip stitches. <laughs> and it has a little square bottom. Which is excellent. Yes. I love it. I'm going to have to make one of these. It's really fun. And it comes in two sizes, a small and a larger. <gasps> and it's Oh, really? Yeah. Score. Total I love score. that. Um, and it's by Sharon on Halt. And it's called awesome. the Market Square Bag. And I found um, this in a kit in my local yarn shop on the shoreline called The Knit, an old saver. Awesome. I love so, it. So, yeah, super fun. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Um, I am looking at the finished object in pattern form. So on Ravelry, I mm -hmm. clicked the link so I could see what the um, handles would look like. I love those handles. It looks like you could potentially even, oh, there we go. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's like chainette, but flat-ish, but mm -hmm. not flat. It's not mm -hmm. tape yarn. All right. Very interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, I like how these handles aren't crazy long, but they look generous enough. If you wanted to get it up on your shoulder, if it was heavy or something, you could. Yeah. Oh, cool. It is cool. And I like that um, the handle is wide and it's rolled in and seamed. Oh. And this yarn is so sturdy that you, you're going to get like a really rope-like yeah. um, nice rounded handle. I think it's going to feel great. That is awesome. So, yeah. Love it. I'm excited. And I'm close. Cool. I'm close to the end. It's been a really quick and fun one. Yay. That's always gratifying. I sometimes think that those quick projects are just what you need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Awesome. I can't wait to see it finished. I'll be carrying it around. Yay. All right. All right. So you have another one. I have oh, one rabbit thing. and moonlit. Well, it's just a swatch. That's important. That's a Don't. good start. And ready? 
Ready. I wish I could sing a certain song right now, but I think it would be copyright infringement. <laughs> All right, you, it can't, you can't see much here. This is a very narrow swatch. So this is a non-fitted cowl. So I'm not doing a genuine swatch I would do for something fitted. Mm -hmm. um, this is just for me to kind of uh, make sure I'm close enough. And I haven't measured my gauge yet because I haven't woven in my ends or washed and dried my swatch, which mm -hmm. that is one thing I absolutely do um, because, believe it or not, washing can change the gauge. Mm -hmm. And I think you know that, but for anyone who's listening who didn't know that, washing your swatch <laughs> in your knitted or crocheted piece can change the gauge. Um, so it's really best if you are making something that you are going to wash and dry and then wear, you measure the gauge after going through that process on your swatch. Mm -hmm. All right, so anyway, this is the little swatch like a little headband it's not so really cute. um the little trees yeah and these colors are just scraps i had from the sweater i'm wearing <laughs> um in the patagonia that i've been swooning over oh and so i don't know i know we mentioned the rabbit cowl but this is the rabbit in moonlit night cowl by Teresa tanaka um and I'm super excited about it. And I have a feeling that this will become a mini cast in and of itself one day. Oh, the yeah. whole experience of this because something else happened. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. And you've been working in the uh, those little mini skeins of Patagonia that you dyed. Well, that's what oh, happened. Oh, I see. So I was dyeing some yarn. And I had some extra dye from the project I was working on. And so I was like, well, I can't throw the dye away. I don't like to waste it. Mm -hmm. But it, I didn't have any proper storage containers at the time. So I grabbed up some yarns. And this happened. <gasps> I think That's this has to be my contrast color instead. It's okay. like the northern lights. Yes, it is like that. It's like an iridescent and, purples, blues, uh, greens, very muted. And sorry. then and now you don't have to plan those mini skeins either. Gorgeous. Yeah. So that's gorgeous. I think that's what I'm gonna do. And the mini skeins will be great for something else, and that's okay. Sure. Um that okay. Mm -hmm. But when this was finished drying, I was just like, oh that's gonna be that's the one that's what i have to use and it it is patagonia still um and yeah again this is like i'm having a love affair with patagonia <laughs> i know i i gotta work with it you gave me those couple of extra oh, little minis i'm gonna try them out i love it so much um yeah. you know it's okay to knitting and crochet and all of these creative things that we do that this is a place where flip-flopping, mind-changing, mm -hmm. redoing, over-dying, ripping out. I mean, I call myself the frog, right? <laughs> I can't be frogging in real life. I can't frog my life. Um, no. I can't roll back decisions <laughs> I've made in life always. Yeah. But knitting is the place to do that. Rip it, um, rip it. Yep, rip <laughs> it, rip it. And I also, I believe too that it's so important when we're being creative because it's so part of our it's part of major part of my well-being mm -hmm. that yeah. I respond to those calls 
Um, yeah. A very similar thing just happened with me. I was thinking about planning out a sweater I have in mind coming down the road. We've talked about it before. It's called the Cormorant. Yeah, yeah. Gorgeous yarn from Knit and Pearls. It's um, 50 cotton, 50 wool, Anchor Bay yarn. Oh, yes. Great colors, like a neutrals with this pop of salmon. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. But then I saw <laughs> another pattern that I think would suit that yarn. Mm. And I, I started to sort of recalculate in my mind all those colors playing out. Yeah. You know, and I, I think it's so important that we do what we're called to do when we're being creative, you know? Yeah. Think I of agree. all the rules we have to follow elsewhere, right? Yeah. Art, and I consider uh, knitting to be an artful practice, regardless mm -hmm. of what others think. Yeah. Rules are meant to be broken. So <laughs> you get to do what you want and <laughs> not worry about it. It's okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited about your your Aurora Borealis Moonlight Cowl. <laughs> That's going to be great. All right. Yeah. Wow. So shall we dive into our topic for today? You ready? Yeah, let's do this. And I'm going to jump here and say, I think you should actually start. I know we didn't really talk through this today, but okay. I think that you have some interesting meaty things that I'm really excited about. And okay. I want to hear what you have to say about some of these things. So right. I'm going to push you into the spotlight for this one. All right. I'll, I'll kick us off then. Okay. Right. So originally when we talked about a theme of nights and it being in early September, we're like, ha ha, we'll call it night school. Aren't we clever? <laughs> so yeah. I originally thought I was going to really go with that theme of school. And I wanted to remind myself of the process of a night training, like the little steps, uh, like being yeah. a squire first, and then how one gets to knighthood. And I thought about that for about a hot second, and then I chucked it. <laughs> and then my next thought was about their garb. I wanted to think about all of the fabric I could imagine them wearing. Yeah. Um, and I happen to know a lot about armor because I'm a Latin nerd. So I know a lot about things like greaves and <laughs> helmets and things like that. So I was kind of wondering about their underclothing where there would be fabrics involved. And then mm -hmm. I thought about that for a hot second and then I chucked that. <laughs> so in the end, what happened in my research is I got crazy distracted by this image that I found. It's all good. Um, it is amazeballs. I just <laughs> deal with how awesome this image is. So I'm going to attempt in podcast form to explicate an image. And it, that feels very classicist of me to do this, to try to describe a visual rendering in words. I will try. Um, so essentially, there's a guy from the mid 13th century. Mm -hmm. He was a monk and a scholar, and his name was William Perrault. And his Latin name is Peraldus, of course, because you got to Latinize it. And <laughs> he's writing, you know, in the mid 1200s and in his treatise on the seven deadly sins there's a two-page illustration in only one manuscript of his work with this image and it's amazing <laughs> it's so amazing i can't even deal with how amazing it is and the reason why i came across it was because it features a knight in shining armor Mm -hmm. So that's how I ended up coming across it. But the thing is literally like oozing with Latin all over the thing. And then it's relatively challenging for any Latinist, particularly one like me that does classical Latin because it's all medieval Christian Latin 
which makes it much harder. Oh, I um, did not realize this distinction. Yes. We've got a big distinction because now we have okay. um, different letters sometimes and weird, well, I shouldn't say weird, but abbreviations that would oh. have been easily accepted because they're abbreviations for phrases from the Bible or phrases Whoa. from the Christian okay. text that would be a quickie for somebody else, but not for me. Um, so I was really struggling too with trying to identify even just what some of the letters were in this image. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. let me try to just describe in shorthand what it is. And then if you're the parts that interest you, um, Noel, we can kind of dig into more. So essentially it's a two page image. Mm -hmm. It pictures a knight in armor. He is, there's an angel above him who's about to crown him. And he's about to face off against the seven deadly sins. Mm -hmm. And the seven uh, vices are allegorically pictured as devils. Mm -hmm. And then there are a whole slew of sub vices or lesser <laughs> vices. So each of the seven vices has even a whole like little posse of sub vices. Yeah. Uh -huh. And they are pictured as little demons. And it's pretty much like in the form of a chart. So you have this big image on the right-hand side of a knight in shining armor facing off against a basically in chart form, seven deadly sins and all of these little, there's 69 of them, 69 little demons. Oh my gosh. This is a tournament. Yes. Holy smokes. Okay. Sorry. I'm just like realizing this. It's like, it's a tournament. Okay. So I'm sorry. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> oh, it's all right. You got to jump in. So, um, and also our knight in shining armor, he is aided by this angel who has important things to say to him, like the Beatitudes actually. Um, and also there are uh, the seven cardinal virtues. Mm -hmm. Is that those are pictured the by the doves. Okay. Yep. And above each of those doves is also a Latin phrase, um, which are the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Another part. Ah, okay. So I am not a um, Christian religious person or a mm -hmm. Christian mythologist. So I really had to do my work on yeah. figuring these things out. <laughs> um, so anyway, this thing is so cool. And what I love about it the most, the thing that I absolutely got me like jumping up and down excited is the fact that it's a giant allegory. So yeah, yeah. every part of this image is clearly labeled as it's standing in as a symbol of something else. And lucky for us and really fun for me, it's labeled in Latin text. So yeah. I don't have to figure out this allegory right? I don't have to figure mm -hmm. out what the sword stands for or the horse hoof or any other part, mm. the saddle blanket, the helmet, the spurs, the every single thing in this image is labeled because allegorically it's completely and utterly mapped out for me. Yeah. Now yeah. I have to figure out the Latin because it's mapped out in Latin, but I just think the very idea that every component of this image is then tied to a Christian virtue or concept is really cool. So there's so much to show you. And I have some translation for you too, so that you don't have to deal with. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I don't that. think I'm going to be uh, translating this right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's a cool thing we can do in our zoom recording is now I'm sharing my screen. 
Sweet. <laughs> it's just like in class with my students. Give me a thumbs up if you can see it, Noelle. I can see it, Miss Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right. So let me show you. Well, let's look at here. Okay. So here, I just have a list here in the notes in the document. Mm -hmm. Everything's labeled. So the helmet, for example. Ah. Um, the, so maybe what you want to do is open the image. Well, I can't. Oh, you can't because you're frozen. Okay. But I did look at it, so it's okay. okay. I can visualize. Well, I think I might be smart enough to try to do both at the same time. Let's see. <laughs> Where's that thingy that I have of the whole? Here we go. Okay. Ta-da. All right. Okay, so his helmet's labeled here. Um, okay. The horse is labeled. The saddle's labeled. So these are literally just telling us what these items, objects, mm -hmm. things are. Yep. Wow. I was wondering what the deal was, but I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> just accepted. It is what it is. <laughs> it's so great. So like the sword here that says the word of God. Yeah. Okay. The, um, the helmet says the hope of future joy. Um, the saddle or saddle mm. blanket here says humanitas, humanity. The horse mm. himself is goodwill. Mm. Um, the hooves are totally awesome. So and it looks to me like each hoof has a different label. Yep. Is that true? It is true. Okay. So we have um, the shield, for example, is fidelity or faith, his mm -hmm. lance, perseverance, his reins are good judgment or discretion. Ah. Um, the horseshoes. This is actually my favorite. So when it's so funny because when I transited these, so we have delectatio, which is delight, consensus, mm -hmm. which is agreement bonum opus which is like good effort or a worthy effort hmm. and consuetudo which to me meant training okay like uh well trained disciplined okay um but then i found actually a translation of a lot of this and it had just slight variations which made me love being a translator because Yay! it's because it's the translator's <laughs> choice you know so um the one version i saw for consuetudo had habit Okay. So I yeah. thought of it as training, but they yep. thought of it as habit. Um, anyway, so it's really cool. I'm that in love cool. with the whole thing. And then the <laughs> angel, uh, these seven banners are the seven beatitudes. Okay. And these are our, these birds are our seven um, virtues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And seven deadly sins here. And the little mini demons there. And then mm -hmm. I'm just going to show you one more thing. And then I will shush about this. But if I <laughs> No can, shushing needed. <laughs> if I can find it. I know I put so much stuff in here. Let's go here. Oh, this isn't in my screen. You can't see this article that I just pulled up or can you? I, no, I, no, I don't see it. Okay, so I'm gonna have to stop sharing, and then I'm gonna okay. have to reshare. You want me to just click on a link? No, I'm gonna. Do oh this. no, there it is. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Oh. So I thought you might think I this is interesting. See. Yes. So, for example, under pride, that first vice, 
Yeah. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten sub vices, ten little demons, which wow. are fishy reptilian things. And then here are all the things that contribute to pride, like insolence, arrogance, being so All these mini demons form <laughs> the large demon that forms that vice. Right. Okay. And then facing <laughs> off on the other side, right? As if yeah. they are opponents in battle. Yeah. Virtues. So I'm wow. not a I'm not a Christian woman. I'm not particularly invested in the vices or the virtues. Yeah. But I just love allegory. So I love it in literature and I love it in art. So it's fascinating to me to see that somebody in the mid 1200s drew one little creepy fishy thing to mean <laughs> grumbling and another little creepy fishy thing to mean ingratitude. That's like the very, little very subtle difference. Like yeah. what makes what makes malice versus impudence, you know, the slight right. differences. Um, the, yeah, this image is truly fascinating and, you know, just, will you remind me when this image was created? Yes. So this is the, uh, maybe around 1250 or 1230. Okay. So, you know, this image is made, it was made hundreds of years ago. So keep that in mind. Um, and then I need a link to this labeled version. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll send it to you. <laughs> I know. Look at this. I find these things also fascinating. Um, there's, I mean, in many artworks, but particularly uh, religious imagery, there's, I'm going to just own this. There's mm -hmm. always heavy symbolism mm -hmm. in every single thing within that picture. Um, everything pretty much has a meaning and or purpose. So, mm -hmm they are fascinating and like things like illuminated manuscripts, the images were so important or are so important more. So were so important. I'm going to say, because many people, when those types of images, the um, followers or participants of that religion weren't necessarily able to read. That's so right. it was really important to communicate the beliefs and morals and all of that stuff through the images. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, super fascinating. I, I know. Love it. I love it. And I mean, iconography is fascinating in itself. So it's mm -hmm. no surprise a dove is never used to show something evil. It's always something meek and something um, positive or, or mm -hmm. even indicating goodwill or something yep. uh, yeah. fruitful even. So it's just really neat to see all of this, this thing's just plastered with Latin and the big old amazing knight in shining armor right in the middle of it. Oh, and now I can see what the, uh, oh my gosh. My... The shield? Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't think of the word. The shield represents, which yeah. makes total sense to my brain. Um, yeah, it's really, cool. really it's, interesting. It's yeah. a, um, it's a basically a triangular shaped shield and yeah. of course and let me just say we will picture everything for you in the show notes so that uh you listeners can really visualize actually what we're talking about but so it's a three-cornered shield and it has the father the son and the holy ghost and the little motto that's the same in each arm between father son and holy ghost basically says one is the other and the other is the one so they're yeah you know, so just 
that that's the holy trinity i don't know mm-hmm. if you okay yeah i don't know if i'm being redundant but no anyway not at all um so this is really interesting when we were looking at the uh this is a black and white version when mm-hmm. we were looking at the full color version yeah i noticed and you know who knows what the true coloration of the original print is um but the knight his um chainmail Mm-hmm. appears to be green. Yeah. And this is very interesting because of one of the things I looked into. <laughs> um, I don't know if the timing lines up, but um, the Knights of the Round Table, there's Gawain, there's a book about Gawain and the Green Knight, Oh. which I have yet to read, but in my research, I stumbled upon some interesting things about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to read this book. So oh. I've got to find a copy of for myself. But anyway. I think I have a copy of that. Oh, well, I have to read it. I don't know <laughs> if there's any sort of connection there or not. I don't know anything about the Green Knight whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, it just is an interesting observation I'm making that yeah. this knight's chainmail appears to be green and not like a silvery metal color that I would have right. imagined in my head. But that could also be age um, of the pigment. Yeah, so, that could be know. true too. I'd love to know that too. Wouldn't it be neat to find out more about the pigments that were used? Yes, um, there's I'm, historical I, information I'm sure we could find. <laughs> I'm sure we could find. I'm assuming this is on vellum, um, yeah. which uh, for you listeners, if you didn't know, is a, a process of preparing an animal skin for calligraphy or for taking in ink. So it's not paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is really neat. And I also read that this is sort of remarkable too, because it's the earliest example of a sort of Christian soldier. Um, really? Which becomes a motif later for sure in the Crusades, Crusades huh. and then later after the Reformation, it's an art a lot. So this is a very early example. Okay. Uh, and That's I should say too, I just want to add that these these devils that sort of personify mm-hmm. or mythologize the vices, um, we're probably on our show notes going to focus on this zoom in. On the, the night. Of yeah. the night. Yeah. Um, but links will be there if anyone's interested in seeing the whole image. And I just want to say that the the perspective of Christianity in in France, in the 1200s, I can't claim to know exactly what that is, but you can't help but notice that evil and the personification of evil is pictured with sort of anthropomorphized bias. bias. Yeah, certainly these figures yeah. look potentially some sort of perhaps tribal in their garb, in their sort of maybe markings on their skin. Mm-hmm. Skin definitely looks darker. Um, the exaggeration in some of the facial features might remind you of sort of mask like looking. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely is giving you a European Christian perspective of the non-Christian. Yeah. Um, so I just want to point that out as a sort of a little content warning in case anyone were to yeah. click on the full image. I'm sure that they would notice that too. So yeah. Yeah. For anyway. sure. Well, thank you for indulging me in this image. I'm just <laughs> like, I could look at this. All it's six, fascinating. I, I mean, yeah. all 69 of these little demons. I want to see every little fishy reptilian one of them. I mean, this guy's all curvy. What's with that? Yeah, I don't know. They're they're really interesting. I mean, there's 
a great amount of repetitiveness to them too, Mm -hmm. which um, I'm not surprised by, but uh, it is really interesting. I mean, manuscripts or illuminated manuscripts, illustrated uh, stories, if you will, are just fascinating. Um, And they have, you know, they have to be, whether it was then or now, illustrations of anything have to be captivating so that the viewer will continue looking and Mm -hmm. take in what it is either they are supposed to or uh, meant to or whatever the case may be. Um, Yeah, it's really fascinating. So awesome. Cool. All right. You're going to tell me about horses, I think. And more. I am. I am. But I, I do have uh, a question that yeah. keeps like, and I have no idea if there's any relationship or not, but the person who created that image, mm-hmm. you said was William Peralt? Yes. So but I've, he may not have been the illustrator. I'm not sure okay. that the illustrator's credited. He wrote the text. So- I be, I might have this wrong, but I think it's right. Charles Peralt is uh, I don't know what his title would have been, but he was one who collected and or created his own stories for teaching morality. Really, and I wonder if there's any relationship. I don't remember his timeline when he existed Mm -hmm. but um one of the books i have about fairy tales it's a collections book from Mm -hmm. a vast selection of authors um i'm gonna look into that and see if there's any relationship because that seems either that was a really common last name or perhaps there's a lineage there, which would be really fascinating to me. That would be neat. I so. think um, I think I read that the name is really he's like William of Peralt because I think it's mm. the town in France. Okay, so, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of that name. Okay, um, so maybe it has to do with where he's from and not mm-hmm. a lineage right. sort of thing. Yeah, I'm gonna look into this because I'm very curious about it. But that's yeah. good to know because that will help probably. <laughs> Fantastic. Neato. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. So Rumpel, how did your your once upon a time your your research go? What'd you find out? So I was interested in the ponies. <laughs> you um, naturalist you. <laughs> well, I've I've also I'll admit I as a child and maybe young woman was obsessed with horses and had hoped to be an owner of horses and caretaker of them and that didn't that's not my path (laughs) but um I really loved horses so I wanted to just look into a little bit about them as far as knights and horses were concerned Uh, because obviously that's like a huge part of being a knight is mounting a horse and going into battle or at least Mm -hmm. that's what my imagination tells me um so a knight's horse was pretty important, and it was basically a partnership of sorts. And my understanding on what I read is that all knights pretty much needed a horse. Whether or not they owned it is another thing. Mm-hmm. But to be a knight, you pretty much had to have a horse. Otherwise, I mean, you're not going to be jousting on foot or on right. like a pig or something. Like that's not <laughs> that's not acceptable. <laughs> 
Um, so anyway, they, the horse was super important for a night and um, a night would hopefully own one horse, but a really good night or perhaps maybe just a rich knight, maybe he's not very good at all, but has wealth, would have up to three horses. And that's because different horses in, uh, particularly the medieval times, I'm gonna say, served different purposes. And I had read, I don't know much about this part, but I did read that breeds of horses weren't particularly important as the type of horse. Mm -hmm. So its characteristics as an individual animal trumped the breed it was. So knights had three types of horses. And if, if they were lucky, they had at their disposal all three of these. So first, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, the destrier. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this is... Destrier, maybe? Destrier. This is their war horse, their horse they take into combat. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is like face-to-face combat people, Mm -hmm. like scary. This was always a stallion. This horse had to be extremely hardy and big and strong. And that was not to carry the heavy knight in all his armor and all the armor on the horse. I mean, yeah, they had to be able to do that but it was more important so it could withstand impacts yeah. over carrying the night. Mm-hmm. And also um, that was important for both actual war and in tournaments. Um, so depending on what you're doing in a tournament, you may choose to use your uh, destrier horse. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, and that also makes me think, but I didn't read anything about this, so I could be totally wrong, but that makes me think you only needed one set of armor for your horses if you had multiple ones, because you would only take one horse into actual combat. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have armor for all of your horses. It would just be the one, which in and of itself must be crazy expensive. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was really cool. And then the other type of horse that knights needed was a palfrey. This was their everyday horse. <laughs> um, yeah, right? Like, yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, I'm, let me go get my everyday pony now. Thank you. Yes. Um, I don't know why I gave it that voice, but I did. <laughs> I love it. It's like they're like the family sedan. Oh, you know? yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this horse had to be lean and strong. Uh, and built, uh, or it was a riding horse that was built for comfort and ease. So I thought this was really interesting because this horse is really meant to carry a knight through his aging process or if he's injured. This kind of horse he could get on more easily. It was a shorter height horse, it wasn't yeah. to be as tall and so bold. tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And My understanding is like the torso of the horse was longer. I guess that allows for a smoother ride. Mm, Fascinating. So really neat. Yeah. And then there's one more, um, the courser, which when I read about what this kind of horse was, the name made perfect sense to me. Mm -hmm. These are the speed horses Mm -hmm. and um, they are 
built to run. And it is said that these horses were the ancestors of our modern day racehorses. Uh-huh. That's so, interesting. I don't know the truth to that. It's just some of my internet searching magic. And (laughs) they were often used for sending urgent messages. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we like think Paul Revere and mail and (laughs) all that jazz. Um, So (laughs) these were also super important though, because, you know, if the king's in trouble or the queen or whatever, I guess, you know, got to get those messages out. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, those are the horse specific things that I had read about, which I thought were super fun. Um, that's really cool. I was thinking about how um, in, there's a whole class of, I guess you would say gentlemen, a whole upper class in ancient Rome called the equestrians. Mm. And, or the equites and they are the knights class but what that means oh. is it's it well what it means is that they're officers in the army because officers ride around on big tall horses they're not foot soldiers who are actually going to go into battle mm. okay so and in order to first of all you have to be pretty much born into this class but mm-hmm. part of the deal is like you were saying the very expense of owning your own horse and your own armor that's not provided to you by the roman army you you Whoa. have to provide that. So if you're in the equestrian class, it must mean that you have the funds for the horses and for the armor. And so that's part of the elite status there is that just the very expense of supporting that effort puts you in the officer class. And then you can act in the officer class because you are not a mere infantry soldier or foot soldier. Whoa. So, yeah, it is neat. And, <laughs> oh, and, and horse breeding is interesting too because the idea of like which horses are are good for like pulling like really nimble and fast that can pull war chariots mm-hmm. and which horses would you actually ride into combat you yeah know? and so yeah. and yeah i think um i think breeding horses for these different qualities mm-hmm. has been around for a long time oh yeah for sure so cool and very specific reasons for these yeah. different types of horses and I like uh, the name courser courser it sounds speedy it does <laughs> Um, and then there's just one little other teensy weensy thing that I had to add that, um, this connects back to the green knight that I was talking about. Yeah. Um, Tell me about that. I'm not going to talk at all about the green knight, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me about that. Tell um, me something else. (laughs) So I was, (laughs) I will, I, uh, wanted to find, uh, specific knights horses like this horse belonged to such and such Mm -hmm. um i couldn't really find that because apparently that's not a common thing at least i didn't find anything that like really struck a chord with me except for this one instance and this uh is from the legends of the knights of the round round table and camelot and that kind of mythology i'm gonna say mm-hmm. um but anyway gringolette was sir Gwain's horse and cool based on everything i found he's one of the most written about knight's horses that has a name Neat. and has an identity I love this. and a relationship with his knight mm-hmm. um 
And I really, this is why I want to read this book, um, Gwen and the Green Knight. I don't remember if that's exactly the title, but it apparently has Gringolette in it. And Gringolette is described in great detail, which I guess is very uncommon in stories or accounts of knights. And based on my very minimal research, um, Gawain and Gringolette are always pictured together. So if there's a painting or drawing of Gawain, Gringolette is in that image. Mm. Um, And they are apparently true companions. And Gringolette is a magnificent war horse. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so I thought that was pretty cool. I liked that I found one sort of (laughs) example of something I was hoping for. And I was also really surprised that there wasn't a ton. I was like thinking, oh, I'm going to find so many. I'm going to have such a hard time. And there are lots of famous horses. That's not the issue. Um, But I couldn't really find much on famous knights, horses that had detailed information. So Hmm. anyway, I thought that was pretty fascinating and Maybe it was the lack of my research, too. (laughs) I think this is neat. I mean, because then it makes you, the fact that that particular horse became a horse of legend, right? This Mm -hmm. one gets some notoriety and, you know, gets an oral tradition and a a written tradition is pretty neat. And you said an artistic tradition, too. So even pictured in images, that horse is definitely that one. It's not just Goyne's horse. It's got to be this one. Yep. So they're a true pair. Yeah. Yeah, so I liked that. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So cool. All right. Um, awesome. And I think we should just say something briefly about the fact that chain mail is a fabric. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, just let that sink in, everybody, for a second. Yeah. And if you don't know what chain mail is, you have to go look it up right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That it is a non-fiber fabric. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you imagine all of the little loop-de-loos we create as knitters or crocheters to build fabric, Mm -hmm. that that same exercise is used to give strength and structure and length, right? And shape to a metal fabric made of rings. Yeah. So crazy. So neat. It's so neat. You know, it's such <laughs> a interesting concept. So maybe someday we'll have to do some kind of mini cast on non-fiber fabrics. We should we should interview a friend of mine. Yeah. We should. <laughs> that would be a great she mini cast. Has made chainmail a lot in the past. So and she crochets with wire. Okay. So definitely a food for that. Yeah. (laughs) Write that down. Write that down. It's, it's in the, it's in the bank. (laughs) Okay, good. I love it. All right. Well, so all right. Foraging. Yeah. You ready to forage? I'm always ready for foraging. Oh my gosh. I just have a couple. I have just a couple. Well, let me show you this one first. All right. Open my, that one I have is number one. Yes. Oh, I see it. Oh, I see it. (laughs) It's so fun. I guess we should describe what we're looking at. I know. 
Okay, this is called Amazing. Winter Nights. Winter Nights. It's a drops design. It's a balaclava, um, which is basically like a gator with a head covering and a face opening. Yeah. Um, and but the way the ribbing is done and the way the mm-hmm. face opening is a little squared off on the sides, it just looks like that thing that you wear under your helmet if you're a knight. Yes, absolutely. Like, like in Monty Python kind of a thing. <laughs> so I love it. And I the color choice it. is key in this yes, instance. It is, isn't it? If you want it to look like uh, <laughs> nightwear. Nightwear. <laughs> Night. Sorry. Anyway, that's so fun. And I just wanted to show it. And I was like imagining like um, a smaller version maybe for a child would be really cute. And I will tell you, there are, there are smaller versions for children. Oh, are there? <laughs> not not this particular one, but there are. Awesome. Um, maybe we can link to a child size version as well. I didn't pull up any for um, tonight, but uh, they exist. <laughs> awesome. What'd you find? That's super cool. Um, so I took a slightly different play on this one. Uh, if you click on that first one, we have, I went on a school perspective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, because it's night school. So, it's yes. So these are very cute. Um, so these are Snow White pencil topper set. And so there are loads of pencil toppers, by the way. And I kind of scoured around. There are some really great ones. And even though these don't relate to nights specifically, I couldn't Prince help charming. myself. Prince yeah. Charming. It's so sort of a knight in shining armor. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's all intertwined. There are um, no rules. There are no rules here in foraging. You're fine. No, we get to do whatever we want. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> but these are um it's a crochet set and one is Snow White, of course, and then one is a dwarf and one is an apple, which I'm sure if you wanted to make all seven dwarfs, you could easily customize them with different colors of hats and whatever and you know big ears for dopey if you're going with the disney version anyway they're really cute they look quite simple very achievable and i'm kind of digging pencil toppers do you do you remember as a kid did you ever have those troll pencil toppers (laughs) do you know what i'm talking about the ones like the with the big hair the hair yes. yes the neon hair I do know what you mean. That was like plastic roving. It felt like roving. Oh my gosh. I was obsessed with them. I do know what you mean. So let's bring pencil toppers back. I love it. I think we should. And if you're into pencil toppers, uh, I highly recommend you just do a quick search for crochet or knit ones because man, people are (laughs) bonkers creative. It's amazing. (laughs) There's so many good ones out there, but that's, that's my little pencil topper set and that was a crochet pattern by the woolly smile i love it it's so cute oh my (laughs) gosh all right i have um a man's sweater i want to share it's it's called sir lancelot (gasps) oh um i like it i like it a lot you're into the drops i know (laughs) or they're into my my search this time around. I like this. I I like nice. the this pearl diamond pattern in pearls. Ooh. And the, there are a couple of parallel cables down the chest and it has a drop shoulder design. And I like this 
this crossed over ribbing. Mm -hmm. It's creating like a V-neck, but it's it's like a short of a shawl collar, but kind of leaning that way. Yeah, in the I way like that it's it, wide. Yeah, it's wide. Yeah. I just think this is a handsome sweater, and I would totally make this for myself. You know what? I, I would think... totally make this in like a men's, in like a smaller size, as yeah. like a totally awesome boyfriend sweater. I really like it. Are you going to make it in pumpkin? <laughs> sure do you want me to make it in pumpkin i want you to make it in whatever you want to make it in. <laughs> i don't know there, there's something um, about it i like it's really pretty well i mean it's handsome on the guy but of course yes i love the, a handsome yeah model. there's a lot of actually it's simple texture it looks complex but it's it really yeah. isn't it's yeah. really nice i like I it i like it i like your idea and I like that this hmm. this line here is even though it looks like it's a drop shoulder sort of thing with a so what line here, here? You're gonna have to tell me oh I'm sorry <laughs> um, across the it almost has like a sh saddle shoulder look around the bicep kind of yep but yeah. I, I don't think that's a saddle shoulder but the where the texture is placed it looks like a saddle shoulder I think you're correct in that yeah yeah I think it's just stitch placement makes it mm -hmm. appear one way and it's actually. It's not. It's an illusion. Yeah. But I like That's that cool. one. I like it's it. a lot. So I'm going to see it on you next time I see you. Oh, my gosh. Too many projects. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> Someday. Oh, man. I like that. That's a good one. You know, I made a sweater once for my husband when I was more at the early stages of my knitting life. Didn't turn out so well. <laughs> And I tried, I tried to rip it out like a year ago, we came across it in a bin and I tried to rip it out. And my husband's like, no, I want to keep that. Like you never wear it. And I don't expect you to. I mean, really look at it. He's like, but oh, it's okay. I'm like, all right, fine. Oh. It's, so it lives in a bin. It lives there <laughs> as the first sweater you ever made him. Yes. I and like the only one story. I have ever made him. Maybe I will make another one one day that we can both wear. <laughs> I really like that story. Did I ever tell you that the first garment I ever tried to make to size was a hat? No. I made it for Scott, my yeah. partner, and it was so big. He still wears it. Oh. He wears it in the winter when he's on a bicycle over the bicycle helmet. <laughs> It's like a salad bowl. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it's his, like, it's, he calls it his helmet cozy. Oh, oh my gosh, cozy. that's so cute. I, I that's tried. actually a brilliant idea, though. You came up with something you didn't even know was needed. Oh, that's my right. gosh. That's right. so, <laughs> I love it. We all have to start oh. somewhere. Yeah, I get it. I love it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right. Oh, that's so good. Oh, all right. All right. Do you have any more fun things to show? Oh, me I've tonight? got some ponies for you. Oh, cool. <laughs> show These me that. These are going to blow your mind. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm not even kidding. So <laughs> the stable mates. Okay. So this designer, her name is oh Jan McKinnon. She has three different horse breeds. I picked this one particularly. It's of a Clydesdale. Mm -hmm. And these are toys that she has created that. Are you, did you, are you looking at these? I am. <laughs> Is this not amazing? <laughs> these are fantastic. So these are crochet horse toys that look like 
a real horse mm-hmm. and they are beautifully Man, done. Yeah. They're proportionally they're, gorgeous. They're, yeah. You can see like the musculature in the horse. I know. They're, they're amazing. I'm like, I've got to make one of these eventually. When I have like actual spare time, I will love to sit down and make some wow. of these. And look at the markings on their faces. I they're love incredible. These are beautiful. And so the Clydesdales, so Clydesdales draft horses were one of my favorite types of horses. I love by the way. That's why I chose this one. But um, the feathers, so the fluffy stuff around their feet, those are called mm-hmm. feathers, or at least that's how I had learned what they're called. She's got little feathers all around their feet, the draft horses. It's crazy. It's just like, these are beautiful. They are I mean, beautiful. I look at the Palomino one. Yeah. These are all like, I'm like drooling. Literally, yeah. I'm drooling. <laughs> That's so cool that somebody can even come up with that. I love them. And I mean, this is like my style of design for toys too. I'm like, yeah. I really love the attention to detail. Mm-hmm. It's really simple as it's like not simple as in plain, but there's not a lot of frou-frou there. It's, yeah. It's just beautifully detailed and mm-hmm. ugh, I love it. Those are neat. It's a very realistic rendering in such tiny size. Oh, and I should say, I don't think I mentioned the Stablemates Clydesdale horse. I mean, we'll link to this. And she has two other breeds as well. Um, (laughs) Oh, I mean, I'm just drooling over them. You (laughs) are. They're so cool. (laughs) You are. I can't wait to see you make them. I will. I will. And I'm going to keep them all to myself. (laughs) I know they're going to be on the shelf in your studio with your other critters. And I'll cuddle with them maybe too. Oh my gosh. Do you have anything else you want to share with us tonight? I do. I just have a quickie. Yeah. It is uh, number four on my list is really cool. These are coasters. They're called Knights, Champions of Honor. Yes. Uh, but there are more. You can get the whole chess set. You can get kings and queens, the royal couples, <gasps> bishops and rooks, shields of the realm, or pawns, attack or defend. Um, the whole bundle you can get. These are by Janet Bailey. And they are done in double knitting. Mm-hmm. And I did, um, with Knit and Pearls, our local yarn shop, years and years ago, I did a day-long retreat with Melissa Leapman on double knitting. Oh, my and gosh. I'm jealous. I, and I thought to myself this is neat. This really Uh, actually works. This is fascinating. (laughs) I'm so glad I have this swatch and I'm never doing this again. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. It was one of those that's okay with me. This is cool. I see how this works. This is fascinating, but I'm never doing this again. And it's not because I didn't enjoy the, the retreat or Melissa Leapman, or it was actually the the mechanics of double knitting are fascinating, but I don't feel the need to do it again. But if you look at these, <laughs> it makes you want to dive right in because they are cool. Really so, cool. So have, anyway, it has the horse, the knight from- uh, I love it. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, what were you going to say, Rumpel? I, I have to tell you a confession. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, this originally started as a double knit swatch. <laughs> I was going to convert the whole pattern to double knit. Oh my gosh. That's so And I had like about this high done and double knit. And I was just like, what are the yarn requirements for this pattern? Because I'm using hand dyed yarn that I don't have 
Yeah. Extra. Yeah. And then I checked and I was like, I don't think I have enough because enough because I would need twice the yardage for each of my colors. And I don't want to play that game mm-hmm. <laughs> with yeah. the hand dyed yarn. Yeah. So I decided I'll save it for another time. But I'll have to teach you a trick sometime. If you ever decide to take on double knitting again, if you hold one color in each hand, it makes it much simpler. Hmm. But you have to get the mechanics down. It's like if you were knitting Fair Isle, mm-hmm. if you can work with one color in each hand, it's yes. the same concept. Ah, then um, I might be able to transition to that then. So I'm just putting that out there. But if, okay. if it's like you're done with it, yeah, had a good time. The date's over. It's kind Bye. of a one night stand. <laughs> yeah, then all right. Like it's not for everybody. It's I not mean, for everybody. It's okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. But if ever you want to revisit it. <laughs> Maybe I will. You're you're making me think I might. <laughs> oh man. Oh gosh. Uh, okay. I just I have uh one last final thing and also a quick little teensy weensy thing. Sure. And it relates to school. <laughs> not I love nights. It. Although you could relate it to the fairy realm for King Arthur. How's that? Okay. It's all good. (laughs) So this is the Toadstool Bookmark by Claire Garland, and it's a knit pattern, and it's just a little mushroom as a bookmark. So cute. It was darling and super cute, and I will probably be making these for some family and friends for Christmas, actually. Yeah, what a great gift. And you are my family or friend. Ignore what I said. Yeah, you didn't. Because you may or may not get one of these, depending on if you're knitworthy. (laughs) (laughs) I have a friend who's a knitter who is also a actual forager. (gasps) Really? Um, Who is going to love this? Yes, she's the one I made that cowl for with all the (gasps) mushrooms in it. Yes. I am. Oh I hope she listens to this episode. I'll have to point her this way because these are so cute. Can I meet your friend? Yeah. <laughs> Someday. Yeah, you can. Oh, that's She's so fantastic. cool. Oh, those are really cool. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. So um, you pictured on Instagram recently mm-hmm. using your new row counter ring. Can you give me a quick rundown on how that went before we end? I want to hear about your row counter ring. I love it. Okay. I have it right here. So this is a Knitter's Pride item um and actually my mom sent this to me secretly i did not know she was doing this mom yes thank you mama and she had one and i was like googly eyeing over it Mm -hmm. and like oh that's so cool what a brilliant idea blah 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 blah. and then she sent me one i was like oh moms are the best they are and she's also obviously a knitter (laughs) yes she understands the tools and things like that um so I have been using it mm-hmm. for my weekender, actually. I've been using it since I started the sleeves. This thing is awesome. I really like it. Um, I find it super simple to use. I put it on my pointer finger like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I do find that when I have to change the number in the tens place, I do have to take it off. Mm-hmm. I don't know with use if that will turn more easily. But then I was thinking if it turns too easily, that might goof things up. So I'm okay with that. You know, that might not be for everyone, but it doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. Um, If I was working on something really small, 
like only a few stitches wide or something, maybe I wouldn't bother with something like this. Okay. I'm working in, you know, long rows or rounds. Um, My only concern I have, and this will only reveal itself with a lot of use, is that I'm going to try to show you Mm -hmm. the numbers. Yes. Are printed on. They're not engraved. Oh, so they might wear art down. Yeah. So of course, I don't know. I have only, I'm on my second sleeve of use for this tool. Yeah. So there's, they're not wearing away at all yet. Uh, Cause if they were, then we'd have a problem, but they're, they're totally fine. Um, but that is my only concern is that with repeated use. And I mean, I think this is obvious. We knit a lot and mm-hmm. crochet a lot. Um, that those numbers could wear over time, whether that's in a year or 10 years or something in between that, I have no idea. Um, Other than that, like, I really like it. And I don't think I would just wear this like as an everyday jewelry item. Mm -hmm. If I was traveling and working on a piece, I would probably wear it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just don't wear jewelry a lot in general. Right. Um, I don't know. I love it. And I recommend it. (laughs) That's a great recommendation. When I saw it on Instagram, I was immediately jealous. I was like, Oh, I want one of those. Cause I use the old, the old clover, the green one with the, you know, um, which I like that one cause it locks. Um, so, but yeah, a row counter again, the right tool for the job. There's row counter is a thing you need. Yep. And I will say those little clicky ones, I love those for if I'm doing like mindless knitting and I just yeah. need to click, click, click. And I've got like 30 rows of the same thing. Yeah. But I still need to count and I don't want to think about it. That's right. So yeah, those are still, I like those too. But Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, are you going to leave us with a quote tonight? I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great one. <laughs> I stumbled upon this. Um, so the quote tonight comes from, uh, Jenny Breeden, knitting keeps me from stabbing people. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. Um, and this is a, uh, I have to, I just learned about this person. So I want to look more into her, but she has like autobiographical comics. Oh, fun. And, um, some of them include knitting. So okay. we'll link to that so people can check it out. And I don't know a lot about her. I just discovered her, but she looks really interesting and fun and probably not for children. Okay. Just so people know. (laughs) Good to know. I'm going to check it out though, for sure. Yeah. I love it. The comic (laughs) with knitting in it. I have to see it. Score. All right. Well, so just a reminder that if you're enjoying Rumple and the Frog, please rate us and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our show notes at rumpleandthefrog.com so that everything you heard about here you can find pictures of or links to. And you can follow us on Instagram at rumpleandthefrog and keep up with our celebrations of finished objects and also progress reports on works in progress, right? Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Well, so long for now as it's time for us to return to the woods to forage some more. We'll be back soon, though, with more stories and stitching. Until we meet again. Happy, Happy stitching. stitching. <laughs>